Today, we're going to continue our discussion about what it means to be a man, a real man, a godly man. We're going to talk about truth number seven. You were created to be a provider, a provider for your family. So guys, take care of your family. Work hard. If you don't work, you don't eat. It's ingrained in your DNA to work. If you don't work, your life will not be satisfying and fulfilled. As a father, I'm glad to say that my daughter, Mercy, married a guy who is going to work hard and be a great provider. And so have my other two daughters that are married. Um, MD's a prison guard and works a lot of overtime. My son-in-law, Andrew, is an engineer, works very hard. My son-in-law, Miguel, is in law school, working his butt off right now. And my, my two sons, Gabe and Christian, have been working really hard as well. Both have been in the military. Both have been working, going to school. So, you know, I'm really happy for my family that they're working hard. My daughter's marrying guys who are working hard. My sons are working hard, taking care of their families. And guys, from the very beginning of time, it has been your divine destiny to work hard, to provide for your family. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord took the man Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So guys, you were created to be a gardener, to work with your hands to get a little dirty. And I think that explains why as I've gotten older, I like flowers so much. Yeah, that sounds very crazy for me to be saying I like flowers because I've always been this person who's just, you know, into sports and, um, you know, just reading and, and, and just accomplishing things and working in, in the legal and ministry field. But then all of a sudden I hit this age of like, 40 and I started to like birds and flowers. And <laughs> I think that that thing that was ingrained in me from the beginning of time to, to kind of work in a garden uh, has now begun to come out in the form of me loving flowers. So I go with my wife probably once a week, once every two weeks, we'll go to the gardens and we'll look at the flowers. I'm even traveling around the state now to see the different gardens. My wife loves it and I'm starting to really enjoy it. And I think this thing that God put in us to be gardeners is one of the reasons guys like to cut their grass, right? There's something instinctual in us to work the ground, to take care of it. Doesn't hurt that you also get to ride like a really cool John Deere tractor while you're cutting your grass. But the reality is we weren't created to sit behind a desk for 10 hours a day even though that's what many of us do, including me. Unfortunately, when man sinned, when Adam sinned, things got harder. Genesis 3.19 says, By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. So that's why I said you were created to work hard, because God said, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to work. And when man sinned, that's when those dreaded weeds came into the picture, right? Genesis 3.18 says that the Lord, that, that the land will produce thorns and thistles for you. And I think that's when mosquitoes were created too. So you can blame that on Adam. But guys, you know, the fall of man is really what caused us to have to work hard. We were always created to work, right? To work as gardeners. But then the fall of man caused us to work even harder. But guys, God wants you to work and he wants you to work hard. He knows you're going to have to work hard. Now, some of you guys, let's just be honest, you really 
don't want to work hard. You've got a million excuses as to why you don't want to work hard. I don't like my job. My boss is a jerk. I don't get paid enough. My company overworks me. My company doesn't give me enough time to get my job done. My company doesn't respect me. Those things may all be true, guys, but let's be honest. In reality, these excuses are often just an excuse for being lazy. I'm sure that hurt. But you're not the first one not to like your job or the first one who doesn't want to work. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 1, or 11 through 13, Paul is speaking to the men of Thessalonica and says, Now we hear rumors that some of you are being lazy and neglecting to work. That these people are not busy, but busy bodies. So with the authority of the Lord Jesus, we order them to go back to work in an orderly fashion and exhort them to earn their own living. Verse 10 says, for anyone who does not want to work for a living should go hungry. (laughs) In other words, if you don't work, you don't eat. And so a number of the Christians in Thessalonica said they weren't working because they believed that Jesus was coming back any day. So why weren't these people working? Because they believed that Jesus was going to come back any day. Based on some writings that Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, the, the, the Thessalonians misinterpreted his writings and, and, and read them to mean that Jesus is coming back any day. So they, be, they began to think among themselves and talk among themselves like, well, if Jesus is coming back, why do I need to work? That, that sounds like a convenient excuse for not working, doesn't it? Well, Jesus is coming back any day, so I don't need to work. Well, that sounds kind of crazy, right, to say, well, I think Jesus is coming back, and therefore I'm not going to work. But a few years back, there was a guy, Harold Camping, going around telling people that Jesus was coming back May 21st, 2011. And I know people who literally quit their jobs because they believed Harold Camping. Now, some of these people were genuinely deceived, but some people, I think, were just looking for an excuse not to work. But regardless, Paul says, your eschatology, your belief about when Jesus is going to return is not an excuse not to work. Now, most of us guys don't have quite as good of an excuse as the Thessalonians did for why they were not working. We have a million other excuses, and some of them are valid, but many aren't. You know, let me give you an example. And I know some of this stuff might be hard for some of you guys out there, but I know a lot of guys milking the disability system. If you're really disabled, please take advantage of the benefits offered to you. But if you're just sick of working or it's hard to get out of bed or you're struggling with alcohol or drug abuse or depression, guys, going on disability is not the answer to your problem. You were created to work and won't be happy if you're not working, if you're physically able to work. So, guys, You think you hate your job and therefore you don't want to work or, man, I would just be so much better off if I didn't have to work. That's wrong. You're going to be unhappy, dissatisfied with your life if you're not working because God created you to work. Now, God knows that some of you legitimately don't like your jobs or have tough jobs and are hard workers and have a valid reason maybe even to quit your job. But please, guys, don't quit your job before you have a new job. 
That is a man law violation. I know there's some exceptions to that, but as a general rule, don't quit your job before you have a new job. A few weeks ago, I was in Port Washington, Wisconsin at the boat marina. Port Washington feeds into Lake Michigan. I had just had breakfast with my sister at this nice little diner near the marina. We took a little walk around the marina and stopped to watch the fishing charters come in. One charter had just come in and the guys on the boat caught 16 king salmon. That was really cool to see all these boats. And then this one boat had these 16 king salmon. I love salmon. If you ever like want to take me out to eat for salmon, man, I will be there with you. <laughs> it's a beautiful fish. It tastes great. As my sister and I were standing there, some random guy comes up and stands right next to me. And I just felt like from the Lord that I should engage this guy. So I just mentioned him how athletic his outfit looked. And he began to talk with me about his life. Long story short, the guy had worked for 20 years assembling rooftops for Ford Motor, and he was recently very unhappy with how his boss was treating him and just got up and quit his job without prior notice before finding a new job. So how do you think that worked out for this guy? Well, I can tell you it didn't work out too well. The guy is now homeless, sleeping in his car. I prayed for the guy, I encouraged him, but I can't go back in time and help this guy unquit his job or find another job before he quit his job, right? He made a decision and that decision has consequences. Now, God can help this guy through his tough time and this difficult decision that he made, but the guy really should have sought some wisdom and counsel before just getting up and quitting his job. And he probably should have been looking for a new job before quitting his old job. First Timothy 5.8 says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That is one of the most hardcore scriptures in the Bible. Guys, if you don't provide for your family, you have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write that. I didn't say that. God did. So if you're looking for an incentive to work hard, do it because God commands you to. And the way I read that is like, that is part of your salvation, a reflection of your salvation. Are you working? Are you taking care of your family? Now, some of you guys are working hard, but you're not working smart. God wants you to work smarter. He wants you to work wiser. He wants you to grow in wisdom on your job and how you do your job. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. See, Jesus was getting wiser every day. Jesus was getting smarter every day. And I'm sure he was working smarter every day. So what does working smarter look like? Well, for some of you guys, it means getting educated in an area that you want to work in. Go to school to develop expertise in an area. Do an apprenticeship, right? So if if you want to be an electrician, you really need to get smart in being an electrician and doing an apprenticeship. If you want to be an accountant, you need to go to business school and take accounting classes. I mean, that seems pretty simple, but I think sometimes 
we make it complicated. So if there's an area of your life, a field that you want to get into, you actually have to take some steps to get educated in that field. Now, maybe you're already working in a field that you like. God wants you to get smarter in that field. Get some additional certifications. Take some online classes. Stretch yourself by taking on some responsibilities in areas that you don't currently have an expertise in but want to learn more about. So in the field of law, for example, if if I want to get smarter in an area, let's just say um, FDA compliance for like medical devices, and, and I'm doing some other area of law like data privacy and security, well, I have to start getting smarter in that FDA area. And I've got to start taking on some projects that deal with the FDA, right? Um, and, and so guys, you know, if there's an area that you want to get smarter in, you got to start doing something to get smarter in that area. Now, I would also say that, you know, if you're, you're, you're in an area, let's say you're a computer programmer right now, you know, I don't think God wants you to just keep doing the exact same thing for the rest of your life. Like, Hey, you're, you're just programming little scripts the whole, the whole rest of your life. There's probably some areas that you could get smarter in that and expand your expertise in. And I, I would say God would want you to expand your expertise and get smarter, grow in wisdom in the areas that you already are practicing in. Another way to get smarter is don't try to do everything on your own. Delegate work or partner with others to get the job done more efficiently. There's only so much you can do guys on your own. So you to, to work smarter, you have to learn how to work with other people effectively. No man is an island unto himself. If you're just sitting there by yourself, doing everything by yourself, you're going to get burned out. You're going to get tired. You're going to get disillusioned. And you're not going to be as productive and you're not going to grow in your field as much as God would want you to. So get other people involved. Delegate some of that work, partner with other people. Nowadays, you know, you can use technological tools to help you get smarter. AI, right? Chat GPT or Excel if you're doing um, spreadsheets. And right, there's so many technological tools that can help you get smarter. Now, we've all heard that statement work smarter, not harder. There's some truth to that if you're already working hard. But let me be clear, while working smarter is important, there is no substitute for hard work. So guys, I want to encourage you to work smart and work hard. As I've gotten older and shifted my focus on ministry more, I've asked the Lord for wisdom to work less hours as an attorney while at the same time making more money as an attorney so that I have more time that I can commit to ministry and still have the financial resources to build the kingdom of God. And the Lord has answered my prayer. So I still work pretty many hours a week. I still work at least 60 hours a week, but I split that time about 30 hours per week on the law and 30 hours per week on ministry. But what's really cool is I make just as much money now practicing law as I used to make working double the hours. So God has multiplied my income and given me the wisdom and favor to effectively double my earning capacity. So guys, ask God for wisdom on how you can work smarter while still working hard. Now, 
Some of you guys don't know what to do with your lives. You're torn. You lack direction, especially some of you younger guys. There are so many young men that I know who lack career direction in their lives. I call them the lost boys. <laughs> and there, there are many of them. And again, they tend to be the younger men out there. They're just kind of blown in the wind going from place to place. And, and in all fairness, the reality is when I was a young man, I probably had about eight different, nine different jobs, maybe even 10 before I really felt called to go to law school. So I get that there's this process that you go through of, um, you know, just having to figure out what it is that God wants you to do with your life. James 1.5 said, says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So the first thing, guys, if you, you need direction in your life and you're not sure what you should be doing with your life from a career perspective in terms of providing for your family, ask God for wisdom first and foremost. God, what should I be doing with my life based on the way you created me? God, give me insight into who I really am on the inside. God, help me to really know myself better. And once you really know who God created you to be, then you can begin to better assess what you might be good at or enjoy doing with your life. For example, if you love working with your hands and and take a job where you're stuck behind a desk all day, sitting on a chair like this all day, you're probably not going to be very happy with your life. Or if you're a friendly, outgoing person who loves to interact with people and you take a job as a computer programmer, you're probably not going to be very happy. <laughs> if, you like, if you don't like complex math and take job as an engineer or an actuary or maybe even an accountant, you're probably not going to be very happy. Growing up, my grandfather, Henry, uh, was, he, was an, he was an interesting guy. He worked for the railroad system. Uh, and then he was an electri electrician, and then he started his own business building houses. In fact, at 73 years old, my grandfather built his last house, and he did a lot of the work himself. He was pretty amazing that way. Um, and he offered to pay for my whole college education if I went into engineering. No offense to any of you engineers out there, but the thought of crunching complex calculus and trigonometry formulas, doing fluid dynamics or designing and building assembly lines was one of the last things I was interested in. Now, the good thing is I knew that was not something I was interested in. So I went to business school, then law school, then Bible school. I understood who I was and who God made me, and I got the education and did the things that I needed to get smarter in that. But here's, here's the reality. You just have to know who you are. Otherwise, you're going to go down a path that is totally a path that is not really un, uh, not a good path for you. I, I have a friend who went down the engineering path and he's still in it, but he's kind of miserable doing it because he kind of got stuck in that field. And it probably wasn't something that he should have gone into in the first place. So how do you, you know, how do you determine what those skills are that you really need to work on? Well, 
again, knowing yourself is one of those things. Um, secondly, I would say take a skills test. I've had all my kids take a skills test. This is kind of crazy. I took this skill test one time <laughs> and it, it was so funny. It, I took this skill test online. It was a free online test. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's a free online test. And at the end of the skill test, it said, you should be a lawyer or a judge. And I took this test a couple of years ago, which is kind of funny. So I had been practicing law for like 20 some years <laughs> and doing ministry stuff. So my wife takes the test and it says she should be a pastor <laughs> or or help people in, in ministry, which I thought was funny because we always joke that my wife's really the pastor in the ministry. And so she takes the test and, and the test shows that she should be the pastor serving people. Um, but it, it was interesting because this this test was really, really a good test and it, it helped. Um, I took the test just because I wanted to see how accurate it was. And it was very accurate. And then I had my kids take the test and, you know, it really confirmed some things in them as well. So I would encourage you if you kind of like, hey, what do I do in my life? What, what, what should I be going into? Take a skills test. Maybe even more importantly, though, um, than that is asking others around you for direction, right? You can ask God for wisdom to discover who you really are, but also ask others around you for direction. A wise man seeks counsel. Ultimately, no one but ourselves and God can really tell us what we should be doing with our lives, careers wise, but there are those around us who can help point us in the right direction. There are those around us with wisdom who see the gifts and talents God has given us, maybe even better than we see those gifts and talents ourselves. For example, if you're a parent, you probably see the gifts and talents your kids have. In some ways, you probably know your kids better than they know themselves. And why is it? Because God, as our father, knows us better than we know ourselves. And I think as parents, a lot of times we know our kids better than they know themselves. So as parents, we have this tremendous opportunity to point our kids in the right direction and encourage them to develop the gifts and talents they have. And parents, I just want you to know, a lot of you guys out there, your parents, you know, speak into your kid's life, encourage your young men, right? So some of you guys, maybe you're in college or a little older, um, dad, speak into your young men's lives. Let them know like, hey, this is a gift that you have. And I could see you really developing this gift and talent in your life. The reality is when I was a kid growing up, my parents did not do that for me. Fortunately, I was self-aware enough and God had revealed to me enough that the things that I really had a passion about, so I pursued those. But my parents really did not encourage me in those things. Similarly with my wife, um, she had the same situation where her parents really just didn't give her any direction in terms of her schooling and, and future. And so parents really uh, don't be afraid to speak into your kids' lives, positive things over them about their direction. And if you're a younger person, if you're a young man out there looking for direction, Ask your parents what they think about the gifts and talents God has given you. Ask some of the other people around you that you trust and believe. Ask a, an older man that you, that you respect, maybe a mentor. Ask them what they think about what you should be doing with your life. Hey, give me a call and I'll give you some, some additional wisdom as well. So guys, once you find out what your gifts and talents are, then you can begin to hone your skills and work towards doing what God has really called you to do with your life. And once you find out what you're called to do with your life, your life will be so much more fulfilling and satisfying, and you will become the provider 
God has called you to be. Well, guys, next week, we're going to discuss truth number eight. You were created to be a multiplier, not a maintainer. God wants you to grow. He wants you to thrive, not just survive. Live your life by faith. Don't live in fear. Take some calculated risk. We'll see you guys next week. God bless you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for watching this week's episode of XY Be a Man with Mark Rosamke. If you enjoyed this, please leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And please leave a comment as well if you'd like to join the conversation, if you have anything that you'd like to add or any questions you might have. We read all those comments. We would love for you to join the conversation and share the video as well with anyone that you think needs to hear it. We want to get this message out to as many people as possible. So we really appreciate that. Also, if you're listening on our audio platforms, we would really appreciate a rate of five stars and a review on those audio platforms. If you could do that for us, that just, again, helps us to get this message out to as many people as possible. More people need to hear this, and we really think that it's an important thing. So if you enjoy this content, we would appreciate those actions from you. Other than that, please join us again next week. Thanks.